and welcome to episode 19. I've officially gotten the count. That's right. It's episode 19 of the People Still Read Books podcast. I am Will Leach, your host of this now. Hey, we're back to weekly again. It's almost as if I have a book coming out version of the podcast. Yes, as I kind of mentioned before, uh, I have a book coming out. I have a book coming out. On Tuesday, May 11th, How Lucky the Kids Like It, the book was selected this week by uh, the Book of the Month Club, uh, which is a great service I recommend, an excellent Mother's Day gift. Uh, But it's funny, one thing I've learned uh, in this process is that uh, there's a whole Instagram or Bookstagram thing, which is wonderful. It's, you know, I mean, it's great. You know, they're using like a social media technology to you know, celebrate books and celebrate the reading of them. It's awesome. It's like a very cool, cool thing. But definitely it is a, it can be a little overwhelming if you are not prepared for it. There's a lot of bookstagramming going on. It's great. And it's great. I love it. And uh, people's reaction to it has been uh, very um, – I'm very grateful for the nice thing they've said about the book. And it's very exciting. Um, but another, uh, speaking of May 11th, by the way, remind you, as always, follow us on Twitter at PeopleStoryBooks. Um, email me, PeopleStoryBooks at gmail.com. I, some, I like to pretend that it's like an intern or something, but – email it is just me anyway um i wanted this week so by the way next week we're going to do uh if you remember about a month a month and a half ago maybe two months who knows time has no meaning anymore i had uh my colleague at the grierson leach podcast and my oldest friend since the seventh grade uh tim grierson was on my uh i talked about him talked to him about his book this is how you make a movie uh, it was very fun it was kind of fun to switch the roles from what we usually do on the podcast well we're going to do that again with my book he is going to interview me for uh this podcast next week uh so that'll be really fun so that'll be episode 20 which is a, a total accident but such as it is uh however it's not the only person with a book coming out on may 11th that we're going to have on this podcast because today my guest is jessica anya blau she is a wonderful author uh she her probably her best-selling book and best well-known book is the summer of naked swim parties but she's written many many excellent books uh including the trouble with lexi and her new book mary jane mary jane's kind of it's pretty awesome actually it's about it's told from the perspective of a 14 year old girl in 1975 baltimore in 1975 who believes she's going to work on a as a nanny for like this respectable you know doctor uh, her parents are very like straight-laced and conservative and she gets there and realizes uh, pretty pretty early on that the doctor is actually the psychiatrist for a a heroin addicted rock star and his movie star wife and they're all together in this small baltimore house and kind of the the, the things that happen in the wake of that it's a great uh, it's a very, very fun read. Uh, she's an excellent writer. She's a lovely person, uh, Jessica. And I was honored to have her not only talk to me about the book world, which she knows a lot better than me. She's written five novels. She's been, this is kind of her regular thing, but also just about her career and how this all works and this wonderful book. So the book is Mary Jane. Uh, Nick Hornby, has, she's got a great quote from Nick Hornby. It's definitely, if you're a Nick Hornby fan, uh, you will definitely love Mary Jane because it's right up that alley. Um, so anyway, uh, but for the record, I buy her book, but of course, please also buy mine. <laughs> it's here. It's a, we're almost here. Tuesday, May 11th. This whole process has been leading up to this and here we are. Um, okay. Well, for, uh, for that, here is, uh, Jessica Anya Blau with Mary Jane. Ms. Jessica, thank you for chatting with me, my fellow May 11th it is an yes. honor to share a publication date with you. Uh, we were just discussing before we went on the call. I have uh, fooled myself into being like, eh, 
Maybe life is no big deal. It's fine. I'm just going to be, it's not going to be a problem. And I think I should be freaking out. So as someone that has published uh, definitely more uh, novels than me and more recently than I have and knows what they're doing, uh, should I be more freaked out? And also, hi, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me. And yes, I like that we're both being published on May 11th and I'm well into your book and absolutely loving it. So congratulations. Um, well, I think it's cool that you're not freaking out. I mean, I'm embarrassed that I'm a freak out person. I, I, you know, it's like if clonopin weren't addictive, I would be taking it every single day because I just get such intense anxiety. And then I get like that terrible regret for everything. Like everything I say, I rethink after I'm done. And I, and I just think, oh, everybody's going to realize how ridiculous I am. So it's just, I, you know, I wish I could shut my brain down and I wish I could be like you and just be. Stupid, Lively. stupid, no. stupid, I think <laughs> is the word you're looking for there. No, just happy, <laughs> just like happy and going to the store and buying bread and, you know, not thinking about it. Well, uh, well, give give me some time. Um, so I de- it definitely feels like like on one hand, you uh, I, I appreciate that. On the other hand, it feels a little bit like you're like, no, it's fine. I mean, there's literally a train right behind you about to hit you. But if you're not worried about it, then who am I well, to stop you? <laughs> well, I mean, the truth is, it is fine. I mean, it's like if you look at like the world. I mean, I sometimes try and float into. I, by the way, I love reading about space and astronauts and and stars and all that stuff. <laughs> But I think it, one of the reasons I love it is because it just puts everything in perspective. But if you float above the earth, it's like, who cares about me or what I say on radio or on a blog or if somebody likes my book or doesn't like it? You know, I mean, there's this when you look at it from this really beyond global, you know, from this uh, stratospheric perspective, it's like it, it doesn't matter. And so I'm constantly trying to remind myself of that. But it's hard. It's hard for me to step outside myself and I need to do a better job. Well, no, I, first off, you've done such a good job convincing that now I think that nothing matters. And so you turned me <laughs> into a nihilist. So thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, because nothing really does matter. All it's right. Like we're alive it. and our kids are alive. And- I'm going to go rob this bank then. This is going to be great. <laughs> Um, oh, <laughs> okay, so uh, before before uh, you go to prison for aiding and abetting a the felon I'm about to become by uh, yes. by, by robbing this bank, uh, I loved your book. Uh, I, I my, my wife and I both shared it and truly truly loved it. And uh, I wanted to ask you. I, I want to ask you a little bit about. But first off, it's funny because you know this is. I'm new to this world, and one of the things I kind of love about the bo- about the book is, you know, I uh, first off, this book takes place the year I was born, so that's the year Aww. I was born. Is that, that, that so? This happened, so I would almost be the uh, the child being taken care of in this, but uh, but uh, right. instead, instead, just uh, you know, slightly gassier. Um, but more, to, <laughs> uh, I would say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, but I would say that, like, one of the things I love about the book, and, I, and it's just a, a good sign of how good of a writer you are. Uh, it, it's a fun book, and it's exciting, but, like, it, you know, it's about the music world. I'll let you describe the, uh, the, the plot a little bit if you want. But, like, this is definitely one of those books that, like, there are not, in fact, I had to check. Uh, you cannot. Your book, when you open it, does not actually make music come out of it. Like it does not <laughs> physically play music, but it feels that way. And and I would say, like I think that that is there is something about the the time period that you've conjured and the music of the period. Obviously, it's about uh, a, a a young girl and a, and a rock star that uh, that she ends up living with. Uh, but like there is something about 
the style that you've done with this that makes me feel like I could hear the music of the time period while uh, while reading the book, even though I, I think I was listening to like I was usually listening to like '90s REM uh, when, when, <laughs> right. I, when I so I was listening to something entirely different. But I felt like I was listening to yourself, and I'm curious, like when you were writing this, did you feel like you needed to conjure your get your soul in the in the in the music of the time? Oh, totally. I mean, I listened to I mean, I listened to Billboard. Every day I would tell Alexa, like I'd finish working or whatever, and I'd come home and I'd say, Alexa, play Billboard Top 100 Songs of 1975. <laughs> so I'd do 75, 74, 70, you know, and every now and then I'd do 76, 77, because I wanted to get into like Saturday Night Fever and some disco, but I tried to keep it, the book takes place in 75, so I tried to keep it 75 and sooner. Uh, and I listened to the music so much, and I had my car set to serious 70s radio, and I would just be in the space of the music, which it's music I love because there's this really great range in the seventies. I mean, there's like John Prine and Bonnie Wright. There's this kind of folksy country, Johnny Mitchell. And then there's like, you get into a little bit of sort of jazzy rock, you know, Boz Skaggs. And then you get into parliament and earth, wind and fire and Stevie wonder. And, and you get to this like great funk, rock and then just rock i mean the almond brothers and doobie brother you know a lot of brothers there a lot of brothers <laughs> singing at the time right so you know osmond brothers jackson five so you know there's just so much great music and i glenn campbell it's like i love glenn campbell and i love parliament like so it makes me so happy to listen to that music and I just was listening to it constantly as I as I was writing before I wrote. I mean, it just put me in the space. And, and it's almost like, you know, if you have synesthesia, it's like I would hear the music and I could see the colors and I could see the cars. Like you can sort of see everything once you get in that headspace of the music. So the idea of the book is, is is kind of a great one, which is the idea that there's this 14-year-old girl told from her perspective. And she uh, she becomes works as a nanny for what she believes is just like a very nice doctor and everything's going to be a nice normal house. And her parents very much approve of that. It turns out that it's actually the therapist for a rock star who is drying out for the summer and kind of like her awakening in that regard. And I'm curious, uh, I'm sure you ask this question a lot, but like, was there like any any mode of rock star or specific rock star that you were aiming for? Was it fun to like imagine this theoretical rock star uh, in, in this idea? Oh yeah. I mean, because I was imagining sort of myself as the 14 year old protagonist. Right. Right. Who's the summer nanny in a house where there's the rock star and the movie star. And, you know, I mean, I love music and I think rock stars and movie stars are fascinating people. I mean, I, I feel like we're a little overexposed now with, you know, the, constantly exposing themselves and us watching them. But there was a little more mystery to it in the seventies. Um, and so I loved, you know, I, they, I created this rock star and this movie star that I wanted to hang out with. Like this would have been my <laughs> dream job at, at 14 <laughs> to hang out with this like amazing rock star walking around wearing like a feather necklace with his shirt off playing guitar <laughs> and this incredible, exotic and glamorous movie star who has like the coolest clothes and is wearing wigs. Like it was, that would be my dream <laughs> summer. So yeah, I really had fun with it. I mean, I read Keith Richards uh, autobiography when I was writing just to sort of get inside the head of a, of both a heroin addict and a guitar player, but it's, he's very much not Keith Richards. He's not English. He's not, you know, he's a Southern 
guy who went to church with his grandma and just really wants to play guitar and has the unfortunate curse of being addicted to heroin, which he gets off of. I mean, I mean he kills his addiction. What do you, how do you say? When you get over an addiction. He, you so murder. Bizarre. You murder the addiction. I think that's the term you're looking for. You, <laughs> you strangle and vivisect the addiction. He, he Sex. That was a perfect phrasing. He visits. <laughs> yes, he is surgical but total. Um, so, I, so and to me, that you know, I I will confess, I, this falls in my strike zone too, because uh, I also love novels where uh, one of the great things about to me about fiction, and again, you know, you you you're I I feel like I still always feel like I'm dabbling a little bit in in the fiction world, but like one of the things I love about like great novels is when you like. Like on one hand, there you're seeing it through the eyes of uh, of Mary Jane. You're seeing them through through her eyes. But there's also like I love when like like when when there are novels in which a main character is someone that is very famous and very well known, but they're still described by like a really good writer. And and so like there is something deeply kind of humanizing about that idea. I always find myself. I found this this while after reading your book. I found myself like uh, looking at like very overexposed celebrities right now and like oh. giving them an inner life that they may not in fact have <laughs> uh, because you've done a, such a good job of kind of describing them. And I'm, and I'm curious, do you feel like, like it, was there an initial impetus to this? Was it, did you start with the girl or did you start with the rock star or did these things all just kind of uh, land simultaneously on each other? I started with the entire story. I mean, not yeah. how it unfolded, but I started with the premise of a, 14-year-old girl in a conservative family who's living a very sheltered life. I mean, it was, it's 1975 in Baltimore, and it's a very sort of straight, conservative neighborhood. And so I started with the premise of her dropping her in this house with this psychiatrist. And, you know, and at the time, when people went to therapy, they didn't, you know, nobody admitted that they went to therapy. It was very secret. And suddenly it's therapy and group therapy, and addiction was also secret at the time. And, you know, so I did start with the whole premise and just sat down and, and wrote it. And as far as giving them an internal life, I do ghostwrite sometime. And so I have mm. worked with different celebrities. And I do think, I mean, I do think the, I mean, I'm probably an idiot, but I do think the best of most people. And I do think most people are great and good and loving. And I, and that even these celebrities who maybe just seem idiotic and shallow, you just, you know, I think there is an internal life and there is pain. And, you know, people say things, they say awful things about celebrities on the internet. And, and I always look at it and think, you know, there's a there's an actual human being with like a beating heart and an emotional life. And that's showing up on there. You know, I mean, hopefully they, you learn to block it pretty quickly, but it does seem like it can be a cruel world. I mean, not that we have to feel sorry for celebrities, but no, you know what I'm no. saying. They are, yeah. they are people with feelings. Yeah, I mean, I've been writing on the internet for 20 years, so I definitely find myself yelling, we are people with feelings. Like There are people that are moving around. And it's true, though. Like, and, and to me, you know, I'm curious with this, too, because, you, again, you've been, you've, this is your, this is, I believe, your fifth novel. Is, do I, that's correct. Yes, fifth? Or, yeah. Yeah, and so. Yeah, my fifth novel. Yes, yes. So, like, do you feel like when you're doing something like this, like, how is the like again? Because I'm so new and weird to uh, goofy all this. Because like I feel all I know is how how lucky work together. And did you like 
with the process, like once you have the idea, do you then have to like pitch it to your agent or do you just feel like you just kind of get going and figure it out? And then like, uh, like do, how much does the process of, hey, can I make sure to sell this thing fit in to the actual premise from the first place or do you just go in and figure it out? I might, I love my agent. She's, she's wonderful. Um, but the, I work with the same editor, Kate Nitzel, who is just a genius. And so Kate and I will meet regularly have coffee or lunch or something. And I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this for a book or this for a book or this for a book. And, you know, and she will say, I, I really like this idea. You know, she'll tell me which idea she likes and, and I'll talk to her about it midway through and she has great ideas. And then, and then I write it and just pray that she loves it and wants it. So, I mean, I think that the idea of writing, I mean, it's not that I'm writing for her. I'm writing really specifically what I feel like writing at the time, what I want to write and how I want to write. Because when you ghostwrite, you have to write what somebody else wants. And right. I find it, it can be fun because it's liberating because it's not under your name, but it's also, you know, you feel the pain of not being able to express yourself specifically, which is the whole joy in writing is like hey you know we live in a world that we can't control i had a childhood i can't control or right now i have a life i can't control <laughs> but the only thing i can control is what i create in my writing and, and that's just pure joy and bliss to go into this world and control it so it's not that i write and, and ghost writing you can't control because you have to write what somebody else wants but so i'm always writing specifically what i want but because there's so many things I want to write, you know, I'm sort of leaning towards the one that pleases this person who whose opinion matters to me. <laughs> but that's really the only person. I'm not thinking about what the public wants or what people are buying or what's selling. It's really, it's really what I want to create. And because I do think, I mean, you know, we're all going to die. There's going to be an end. And I don't want to spend my time doing anything creative. I mean, obviously ghostwriting is for money, but when I'm writing a novel, I, I want to do, I want to do it from my heart and soul in, in the most authentic way, which means ignoring who might be reading it or what's happening in the outside world and just creating the world I want to, that I want to see at that time. I think about this in the journalism world too. The number of people that like get in uh, in the online media world, like people get into it and they came onto it with all of these ideas of what they were going to do. And, and then, and then they step back and be like, well, I'll just do all of these things just so I'll be able to make more money. I'm like, you could have been a banker. Like you could have done that. You could have done that. You wouldn't have to, you'd just be making all that money and you wouldn't have to sweat this stuff. And, and I, and I, and I do, I do kind of feel that way sometimes. And so for me, that was one of the things kind of writing how lucky too was the notion of like, you know, I mean, I wrote it, like I don't, I have, I had zero career as a novelist at all. So I just figured like, I'm just going to do this the way I want to do it. And if nobody sees it, I am already not a novelist. <laughs> so, yeah. and I kind of feel like that to me, that was, I didn't, I don't, and I'm curious as someone that's been doing this longer and, and may like understand how all of this works a lot better than I do. But for me, it would seem like, why would I write a novel about something that I did not like obviously feel very passionate about? Because I mean, I, I I hope how lucky does well, and I and I hope Mary Jane does well. I don't think any of us, uh, uh, barring something, uh, I don't think any, either one of us are going to be like, well, okay, I'm going to get a third yacht now. Like, yeah. I, you know, I I mean, you, you, we do this out of like passion in a lot of ways, and it seems strange to me. And I'm curious as you've kind of evolved through your career, how, if you've seen this, the notion of uh, like. I see. I hear people talk about writing novels like, "Oh, well, I got to make sure that I'm going to sell this thing, and this will be a this will be a hit, and so on." And it just feels 
like, frankly, just a backwards way to look at it and almost like a refutation of the reason anyone would get into this in the first place. Right, exactly. I mean, we do all have to make money. And so, you know, of course. Like, you, like you said, be a banker, ghostwrite a book, you know, do, but, right, do what you got to do. But I think of writing a novel as, as an act of sort of pure love and heart and soul. And it feels so inauthentic to do it another way. I mean, I know most novelists I know are doing something else in the day and waking up at 5 a.m. and writing till 7 a.m. when they have to do the thing they get paid for. But the you know, when you're writing from your heart and soul, you're creating something meaningful and the, are meaningful to you, at least that you did something. As we said, when we, when we go out into the universe, it really doesn't matter. (laughs) But the thing is writing a novel is so hard. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not hard, like tarring a roof in Mississippi in the middle of the summer at 110 degrees. You know, I mean, it's not that kind of hard, but it's, you know, to sit down and, and make yourself right and go forward and to have to have the, to be creating something that there's a chance nobody will ever read it. There's a chance nobody will buy it. There's a chance nobody will ever see it. There's a chance that you're just going to do this thing and it's just going to exist and you've done it and nothing will come of it. But to do that anyway, it, it takes like an incredible amount of just you have to really want to do it and you have to enjoy doing it in the process, even though it's hard, you have to enjoy the work and enjoy being in that space. And so the idea of putting that much effort and energy into something that you didn't really want to write <laughs> sounds brutal to me. It's, you know, it's like, it's too hard a thing to do to not write what you want to write. I mean, obviously we have to do, you know, like, like I said, ghostwriting, you do it for money and, and I'm not writing exactly what I want to write. Um, although sometimes I am, you, you know, you get right. the right person and you're like, this is amazing. And I love writing this. Like when I worked with that CIA agent, but, um, you know, so, but there, but with a novel under your own name, it, it shouldn't, you should only write what you want to write because it's too hard to do it otherwise. And do yeah, you know anyone who wrote what they thought and you never know what will really sell or what's going to hit or what's going to not hit. But do you know anyone who wrote what they thought would sell? And then did, I mean, they're probably, maybe there's loads of them and I just don't know about it and, and had huge success with it. Yeah, I, I don't, but I don't know a lot of people. I, I've been, there's been a pandemic. I've saw no one. <laughs> like I, I, I feel like I'm sure there are people. I'm, I'm aware that there are people out there somewhere. I just, uh, I'm not, right. uh, I'm not seeing them. I want to ask about that actually. I'm curious because you know one thing. One and then I want to get a couple more questions about your career in general. But like one thing about this too, and I want this is if I can emphasize one thing about about marriage. And there's a lot, there's a lot to, to recommend. I really love it. But like it is definitely, and I'm curious if you thought about the timing of it. I have found in the books that I have been reading, particularly in this specific time frame where it's spring coming into summer to where we are not out of the pandemic yet. And I'm not claiming that we are out of the pandemic, but we're better than we were a year ago. And like people are getting vaccinated and they're going outside. And I have found myself like the, uh, there's a certain genre of books that, that do feel about like how much human misery can you as a reader withstand and how much will you, uh, how much sadness can you get? And this, this is a book then this is this the, I, this is my big endorsement to the people listening like this is a not only a fun book but like this is a book that like i i finished it and i and again i was listening to the to the to the music as i was walking down the uh, the street after i was reading it i was like in a good like i was in a 
better place after reading this book than I was reading before before I started the book. And that's something that I also hope that people will be able to get from How Lucky. And so for me, it feels it, it certainly it feels like it, I'm curious as someone that's written a book that I would argue is a it's a it's a book that'll make you feel good. Like this is this is not a book that that you walk around being like, well. Yep, that just confirmed that life is terrible. Thank you for right, that. Right, and uh, right. like, it's good. It's, it's a positive. Bird yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's not Kafka. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and, uh, and but I'm curious. So, like, do you feel like is is that something that you that you were aiming for? Like, like I had a very warm, positive feeling after finishing your book. Is that a goal, or did I do it wrong? No, that's so nice. I mean, I think I never quite have a goal when I write anything. I just have a story and I write it. But I was craving happiness and uh, you know I mean you can see if you read that book you can tell everything I need that I was craving I mean I <laughs> was I moved to New York right before the lockdown and I was in a studio apartment all by myself oh my and I was craving human contact dance parties snuggling I mean I am a pack animal I want to be in a litter I want to be just like pressed <laughs> against a group of people and like every time I move I want other people around me to have to shift because we're squished together so hard and I was like all alone in New York City in the pandemic and like you can see in this book that everything I'm craving and need is happening here for Mary Jane it's like dance parties like I love to dance dance parties human touch feeling connected to people feeling like you're part of something so in a way it is a response to the pandemic and to what was happening and it was and maybe needing to feel happy but it was like everything i need is is coming out in that book and no i feel the same way i mean like television uh you know people say oh you have to watch um I mean, I know this movie is probably wonderful. It was the one with Francis McDormand. What was it called? Yeah, Nomadland. Nomadland. Every, every person, yeah. this is the greatest movie. It's the greatest movie. I 100% believe them. I'm sure it is the greatest <laughs> movie, and she's brilliant. But I put it on. I watched like 90 seconds, and I thought, I, I, can't, I can't go to this place. I, I, yeah. can't, I can't go to this dark place. Like, I need light like i need to just be in light and, and so then i started watching gavin and stacy have you ever watched that series i have i have but i've heard positive things yes and it was just all light and family and love and you know the things that are bad aren't that bad you know i mean <laughs> and so i just have you know so i think the book sort of reflected not what i was thinking anyone else needed but what i need what i needed and need you know it was really just where my head was at. That's kind of wonderful. I have to tell you, I did not realize, I was going to actually ask you a little bit about your life in the pandemic, but apparently you wrote the novel. <laughs> like I, yeah. I had, I, I did not realize it because I have to say I had finished, uh, we actually sold the book in How Lucky in the Pandemic, but it was, but we edited it. Uh, we, we did a lot of rewriting editing it during the pandemic, but we actually, it was, it was written before the pandemic. Did you, was this entirely, you wrote this during yeah, the pandemic? Yeah, no, you're right. No, I started before the pandemic, but it was also particularly somewhat difficult time in my life for for other reasons hmm. so i did so i started it before the pandemic and all the revision and refining and everything happened during the pandemic yes so uh, are you do you um uh, I, I, I have one question i ask everyone at the end of the podcast but i want to ask you one more before this when it comes to the pandemic are you are you still in new york now are you are you in are you in new york now i am in new york i mean i did i was able to get my brother lives in amsterdam and and we had some family stuff going on. So I did get out for the whole summer last summer. I was in mm -hmm. Amsterdam and France for two months. 
Um, but I've mostly been in New York and I'm here now. And But it's, you know, like now I'm doing yoga outside in Central Park yeah. and my yeah. gym just opened up and I'm seeing friends for lunch and, and I'm taking walks with people. So I am, you know, I'm not quite in a litter yet. Like I, I'm, still, <laughs> I'm still flailing around with a little too much air around myself, but it's way better than it was. I'm fully vaccinated. It's going to be an awesome summer. It's going to, I'm very excited. I'm very amped about the summer. I'm feeling like, like I, 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 to me, live music. I'm so desperate oh, for live music. I mean, like, great? oh live my gosh. Like, I mean, like, oh. I, mean yeah. I, I, my, 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 my six year old son was like banging something with like a spatula. And I said, <laughs> yes, continue. Interesting beat. <laughs> I like it. I like where you're going. You're kind of jamming. I get it's all about the notes you don't play. So like I'm so I'm so desperate for uh, for for that sort of feeling. So well, I'm very excited. Again, this is this is a book that makes me feel like I'm like careening into summer. So thank you uh, for that. So uh, my last question then is a question I ask everyone at the end of every podcast, and I'm curious for you to to have this happen not only as your fifth novel but also happen during a pandemic, uh, which is uh, the unboxing. When you got them and you and you'd gone through this process, uh, I always mention this, but I talked to uh, I talked to David Hill, who wrote a book called The Vapors, and he his book came out during, uh, right in like March of last year, which, from what I understand, talking to the authors is like the absolute worst possible time for your book to have come um, out in yeah. March of two. Like now, and like now, yeah. I feel like you know, yeah, I'm assuming you've seen this. It feels like you know, I talked to uh, they're telling me this that like they feel like they've got like a system for how this works, and they've been right. doing this for a year, but in like March twenty. 20 it was just like oh yeah your book is also happening tomorrow but uh i'm terrified about everything right now so right. good luck with and that bookstores so open. yeah bookstores exactly and, and you could you couldn't get press if you like oh right, took right. your clothes off and ran down <laughs> runway naked book. Right. it's right. like it was all pandemic i mean no it was like your my heart was just breaking for every yeah. if you put your heart you put everything into something and then it comes out it was like yeah. i was feeling pain for every yeah. book coming out. and he, he it was funny because he told me that what had happened was he was actually he had actually gone they'd finally gotten like they, they'd left for a little bit and all the early copies came and sat outside his brooklyn apartment again got got rained on oh, <laughs> like no, all of us, and i was like oh no so so i'm gonna hope that we've had a better story because for me i just had my unboxing last uh about a week and a half ago and yeah. uh, i had I had my kids do it and they were very excited. Aww. And um, so I'm curious, did, have you been able to have, uh, and, and not just with this book, but in general, the, I love asking people about that sensation of this thing that they put everything into and worked so hard on of having to be able to physically hold that in your hand. You've done this, you've done a few of these. Do you still have that? Uh, do you still get that kick? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I have, yeah, I have a couple kids and they, they live in New York. They're in their twenties now. I have kids young. I'm not that old. I had them in my twenties. And, um, they, so, you know, I see them, they're both in New York, but I was on FaceTime with one of them when I was, when I was opening it up and it was really fun. No, it is really fun. It is like, it's the, it's like you have these thoughts in your head. I mean, we all go around with, I mean, I think probably all writers, maybe spend too much time in, maybe you do, but it's too much time mm -hmm. in your head. It's like you kind of live in your head a lot. And, you know, like I never have a problem waiting for a bus or a train or anything because I'm <laughs> just in my head in a dream state. And then it's like, oh, it's here, you know, or I miss getting off the subway because I'm in some dream state and I miss my stop. So, so it's like you have these thoughts in your head and then some, in some magical way, you get these thoughts and you put them in a computer and then 
to see the thoughts like gathered in this physical thing that you can hold in your hand, it's it's magic. It feels like magic. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, and, I t- you know, and we're lucky. I feel very lucky. Yeah, I, I to me that's that's exactly what I like to be able to physically. My book has like a ton of weird formatting in it, and just to see that like oh wow, like these these people who are more skilled at what they do than I am at anything, like making this look good and like the idea that like what it's happy for me to have it, but like to know that like people that are really good at what they do, my editor and my and the designer right. and all of these things, were like be able to like to we're able to execute something that to me I, that it does feel like magic like i feel it like does. that is i mean even the cup well, i love the collaborative effort of the physical thing like the co- i love your cover by the way like you know just to like cover it's it's like this piece of art that's going to represent your thoughts that you had running through your head for probably 2 years and somebody's going to create a piece of art that just <laughs> in one small how many how big are these books i don't even know dimensions nine by five or something you know represent those two years of thoughts i mean it's an amazing thing it's, yeah, it's it's crazy too because I remember when they early on they said, "Hey, so what are you thinking about the cover?" And again, this thing that I poured my heart and soul in and worked ever on and 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 and, and, and like is a is a kind of a, a sensation of how I feel about the world and I kind of want it out there. This thing I've thought about nonstop for two years. I was like, "Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think?" And like, it's really funny. Like, and, and, and I just kind of like look at them like a uh, 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 book words. What's it about again? Like, I really. I just like I couldn't I couldn't even wrap my mind around it in a certain sort of way so for them to was, be able to make that kind that of the first cover they, they sent you or did they send you a bunch oh, that you, oh they hadn't even sent me anything they just asked me if I had any thoughts on it and I was like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny it was like trying to like it was like trying to like they were like hey so do you know how to make like a seven layer dip soup sort of thing but no recipe and just and I was like I'm sorry and I'm like what's in it don't know just go just like I had no clue if I think it's very very funny um, so I love your career this book is wonderful wonderful I really truly love it uh, the book you. is Mary Jane by Jessica Anubla thank you so much for coming on with me and uh, good thank luck you. my good, good luck my fellow May 11th yes and, uh, and I really I am loving your book I'm not done yet but I'm going to send you a notice soon as I finish but it's amazing and oh you don't yeah may 11th so i will i will think of you on that day since we are both do not think of me on that day (laughs) you have to think of me too we have to think of each other i'll tell you what that's exactly what that's how that's how we'll both ease our anxiety we'll just think about the other person's book (laughs) i think uh, i think jimmy jimmy kimmel and sarah silverman back when they were dating had an old joke about how to get through thanksgiving with your parents is Uh to pretend that that there's some there's someone else's parents Oh. And if you pretend they're somewhere else's parents, everything they do is just funny and kind of weird and charming rather than like, you know, the source of all of your problems. Oh, that's and, so great. Yeah, that's actually kind of a great idea. So yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go. Okay. And and that therefore, all the praise your book gets, I'm going to pretend I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll take all your praise. That would yeah. be great. And, and I'll do an interview that morning. I'm like, you know, one of the things that really struck me about Mary Jane. No, wait, sorry. <laughs> no, that's hers. That's hers. That's her book. That's her book. Okay, um, you do it, I'll do it. It's a deal. <laughs> that'll be fun. <laughs> Our publishers are going to be so mad. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, ha- thank you so much. The book again is Mary Jane by Jessica Anibla. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for thank chatting you. with me. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was so nice.